0: What's up, world? Welcome back to Authentically Us, the podcast that dives in what it means to be authentic in everyday life and being authentic in all that you do. Hey, I'm your host, Conroy Smith, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Tony Morton. Sometimes we call him Tony the Morton, just so you guys know. Hey, y'all know that Tony and I decided to do this podcast um, during the pandemic when social and racial unrest were at the headlines of every day. You know the spiel a little bit here. But we wanted to have authentic conversations, and it seemed like those were coming to a dead end. So we decided to have this podcast, in case you didn't know. But today, we have a special, special, special... I know I say this every time, but today is a special topic. Um, It's a topic that most of us have dealt with because of this global pandemic, and we're excited to talk about it. We wanted to dive into these topics because Tony and I both have struggled... Uh, With this particular thing Which is mental health So we are diving into mental health today To explore um, our journeys And to explore just to hear what it's like To to work with a professional To deal with family members Who may be be going through mental health crises And just to better our lives So we have Dr. Matthew Shupp on the podcast today So hey y'all lean in, tune in, because this is going to be a great beneficial episode. This episode is is going to edify you. It's going to benefit you. And this isn't just a person that we, we, we just Googled and found. This is um, a person that Tony has worked with uh, personally. So lean in and let's get right into this episode.
1: Welcome, guys, to another episode of Authentically Us. Uh, Today, we have a very uh, special guest. Super excited. Our guest today is Dr. Matthew Shupp. Dr. Shupp received his BA in psychology as well as his MS in counseling college student personnel from Shippensburg University, where he served as a resident residence director for three years. He completed his uh doctor uh doctorate degree in higher education leadership at Winer University. Um, Dr. Shop is also a certified trauma therapist trained in Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing Modalities, uh, better known as EMDR. Um, Yeah, we're super excited to have you, Dr. Shupp. Um, How are you doing today?
2: I'm good, Antonio. Quite the introduction. I I, I appreciate that. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, So tell us about what your journey with your own mental health has looked like
2: yeah i i um uh I, I love the language right because it has it has indeed been um a, a journey i think i think in in a lot of capacities we don't do a very good job of being able to at least honor um and and really talk a lot about just mental wellness and mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean we we often we often celebrate individuals going to the gym, right? To to work out. And uh, you know, we often celebrate individuals focusing on their physical health, their physical wellness. Um we look at it as being disciplined and we look at it as as for the most part, right, Uh, that that is value added. And yet, we sometimes uh, most of the time, I think societally, we don't do that for our own mental wellness. And so um, I think very much my my journey, personally, was very, very similar. It wasn't always something talked about. I don't think it was something to be ashamed of. um, But it certainly wasn't talked about or really celebrated as this is something that would also be value added that this is something normal in terms of if you're struggling in whatever definition of the word that is that you can you can get help and that you're not crazy or you're not whatever the pejorative like word might be but that like uh there's there's lots of people that struggle with a whole bunch of of stuff and that there are professionals out there that can help folks unpack that stuff. Yeah. So my, my journey, it took me until I was well into my adult life um, mm. to actually start seeing a therapist for uh, a lot of those stigmas that I had just mentioned.
0: Now, what, what um, you mentioned, you mentioned a lot of things, and, and I think everything you said was very, very key. Cause I think um, just a culture, it's It's kind of fairly new that people are embracing the the mental health uh, realm or, or field. What was your moment that was like i actually need to to you know dive into this this mental health journey for myself Was there like a moment or an, an event
2: uh yeah there was i um I was actually struggling with a very um, a, a, a very big personal loss in, in, in my intimate partner relationship. And um, it was getting to the point where, um, I mean, it, it would meet my definition of a crisis, right? Where, where I knew that, that what was going on and how I was responding exceeded uh, my toolkit. It exceeded at that time, my ability to cope in a healthy manner, um, where I can I can recognize what happened in my life, right? Like, grieve that loss, uh, go through the stages that I need to, and kind of come out, come out, albeit different on the other side, but come out healthy on the other mm. side. And um, friends couldn't help, and yeah. family, no matter how much they wanted to, friends couldn't help, family couldn't help. Yeah. Um, it was at a place where where I needed an an objective third
1: part yeah, that yeah, that's had good.
2: that had qualified training and qualified skill sets um to kind of call me on some things and yeah. I, didn't need, I didn't need a friend and i didn't need a family member i needed someone that that as i often say would put their arm around me when they needed to and would kick me in the butt when i needed to yeah you know? yeah and i think in some way no matter how crude that sounds that's what therapy is yeah. right
0: it creates yep. a
2: space it creates a safe and trusting space where where you kind of get to explore yourself for better or for worse. You get to explore yourself and come out more informed on the other side.
1: Yeah, definitely. Now now you said that um it it wasn't talked about a lot growing up. So how did how was it like talking to your friends and family and saying like, I'm going to therapy to get this help
2: um, i think I think it was it, it, it was uh, one of surprise it wasn't one of condemnation at all it wasn't one of of uh embarrassment. I think there was a level of pride there and uh oh that's cool, but also concern of i didn't know it was this bad or i didn't. Mm again, always speculating like something is wrong with you. Um, mm-hmm. So no, I mean, I think, I think family and friends were extremely supportive, but also um, I often say, we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. And, yes. um, you know, go going through it. Um, if, if you haven't experienced something, you can empathize, but really only to a point. Um, but yeah, I, I was fortunate enough to be able to have friends when I shared that although they didn't fully understand it, were were just happy that I was actually seeking out um, ways to be healthy.
0: You said crisis, the word crisis, and and we hear that term a lot when it comes to uh, mental health. Um, For for those of us um, who don't know what a crisis may be, maybe like we're a third party, or maybe we might be experiencing that, what can you define as a crisis? Sure, Antonio. Am I gonna get? Uh, am I gonna get academic for a moment?
1: <laughs> I, I've been waiting for it. I mean, <laughs>
2: um, yeah. So, so I talk a lot. Um, um, uh, part of my identity, I'm a counselor educator, and um, so we talk a lot about about trauma informed care and what a traumatic experience is. And if if trauma is is a an event, right, something that happens to us, um, I often say the way to describe it is. Is any time that we face we face something. Um, we have coping skills um, that help us move through, move through an uncomfortable event as healthy as we possibly can. And so when events that we experience exceed our ability to cope in a healthy manner, uh, mm. crisis, mm. right? So, so when something has exceeded our ability to, to know how to effectively and, and in a healthy manner work through that event, that is probably the best layperson's term to describe a crisis.
0: Now, is that something that a person, because that sounds sounds to me like that could be a lot of situations. But is that something like a person in a crisis would recognize, or is that something an outside party, like family members, friends, would would reckon, recognize? Well, you're
2: Conroy, you're, you're you're really going, you're really going there today, aren't you? Um, so, so we go deep uh,
0: here. We go deep. <laughs>
2: I think, I think it could be all the above because it's, mm. emotional. Um, and that's not to say that, that, that um, some individuals um, are, are like uneducated um, or ill-informed. I think it, it comes with knowing oneself and, and knowing um, how an individual's body reacts. Um, mm-hmm. When we tra- when we talk about, about how trauma impacts the brain and the individual's response, we're not always in control of, of immediately how one responds right and so we face a traumatic experience and in a millisecond the body involuntary uh, involuntarily responds it tries to protect ourselves um from from further harm and so that's where we often get our fight or flight or freeze response that i think i think most individuals w- would be able to recognize um, and so so If we become aware of, of, okay, I'm experiencing uh, a traumatic event, I feel like I'm in crisis because because I don't know how to respond to certain things. I think people can can start to recognize that and then educate themselves on how to more effectively respond. But if people early on don't know what's happening to them, there's no way for them to be able to articulate, this is what I'm feeling. Mm. This is happening to me um mm-hmm. for example i was in a i was in a, a really bad car accident I'm, I'm i'm fine right it could have been far worse but that was a traumatic event and when the the um uh first responders arrived on scene um i didn't realize it but they pointed out that my legs were shaking when i was sitting on the ground and i was able to respond that that was just my body's involuntary response mm. to to it was adrenaline, right yeah. and but if people didn't know what that felt like, they would be at a very different place to be able to articulate.
0: Yeah. Wow. No, I I think this is all great. This is all great. I can, I love the I love the teacher, the teacher coming out now. I wanted to kind of, um, also circle back. You, you mentioned that your, your family and friends, you know, you said a statement of like, oh, I didn't realize it was this bad, um, how has that journey been with that relationship with, with family and friends that, okay, I didn't realize it was this bad. Um, now we see that you're getting help. Were they, were they, is it, is it a moment of like, Oh, things are like, you're, you're treated differently um, or is it a moment like people have to walk on eggshells around mm-hmm. you? Like, what is, what does that process look like? That's good. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah.
2: I think the short answer is, is are you treated differently? No, no, not, not at all. Um, I think part of it helps where, um, and I don't know if we'll get to this, but part of my journey, I kind of grew up living and working in and on residence halls, I have a background mm-hmm. in student affairs, um, I've, I've always kind of had one foot firmly planted in working with college students and one foot firmly planted in doing clinical work, um, and so I think it helps I think it helps the part of my professional identity as not only counselor educator, but also clinical therapist and providing services as well. Um, And so, no, I I think if anything, it has been a nice um, entree into being able to freely... Talk about things with friends and family, and then thus giving other people permission permission right not not explicitly but just by by talking about it as normal right talking as if I was talking about, Oh yeah I just came back from the gym. Um, I think that that allows people to honor their own their own mental health journey, and to again normalize this thing that that really seems to have a terrible stigma in society.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you went into it a bit, but tell us about what your career has been like in these different uh, sectors of being a professional helper.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, Well, I I can remember, I can remember vividly growing up. um, My mom, my mom is is a retired nurse and um, she worked for our uh, family doctor for, um, 23 years, I think. And there, there were some weekends where I would go in and I would help my mom like restock the shelves or I would look through like the pens that the, the um, drug representatives would leave in the office. But I always, I always remember like that, that was a model for me in terms of helping people. And so mm-hmm. I that story yeah. because that is what framed me going into college. Um, I went in with the idea of being pre-med and um, I wanted to be a medical doctor. And then I, I got to organic chemistry. And I tell my students all the time that um, we got into a wicked fight, um, not once, but twice. And I lost <laughs> miserably <laughs> um, and, and bad, badly. And so I um, I took a year off and um, some would call it a gap year, but I, I traveled with an international leadership program all over the world. I was given tremendous experiences. And I came back and it changed my life. And so I changed my major um, to psychology. And while I was doing this, I was also a resident assistant on on campus. And I was always a part of of kind of student leadership and involvement. Um, And so I graduated um, with a degree in psychology. And then I stayed on to get my master's at Shippensburg, actually in the very program that I teach in now. Um, And and again, I I graduated from a student affairs preparation program that is solidly and firmly grounded in clinical helping skills. Um, I think, and again, coming from an academic standpoint, we've gotten to a point in our society that there are, um, for lack of a better term, let me just say affinity organizations or affinity groups that we serve one particular type of professional population. But we all didn't start. From, from there, we all started from a core foundation of being helping professionals. And so mm-hmm. I've always found that there has been a beautiful marriage between having the clinical skill set necessary to work um, as an administrator on a college campus. Yeah. And so I graduated from SHIP's program and seven years of rural um, uh, um, experiences in the beautiful Cumberland Valley. Um, it was enough and I needed to go to a larger area. So I went to Philadelphia and I worked in a variety of, um, colleges and universities. But during that time, I, uh, got my doctorate and I've since returned. I feel very blessed and privileged to return to Shippensburg university where I teach in our counselor education program. And during that time, I've, I've continued to maintain and solidify my clinical lens, Um, I went back and I took some extra courses to get um, certified in some counseling strategies. Um, I, I worked in in uh, clinical settings to gain my licensure, um, and so so you know my journey has been quite nonlinear, very circuitous. But my journey is my journey, and and everyone's journey is their own particular journey. And I, I'm a firm believer that we we certainly get where we need to get to, but um, in our own time.
0: Yeah, you know it's awesome that you've worked a lot with students, and I think about um, college college students. Tony's currently back in school, um, and I've been out of school for a while. But I think about the crucial um, years, you know, eighteen to twenty five, right, where we're going through so much, especially nowadays, and I remember when I was in college, I was trying to balance so many things. I was trying to graduate. I was, you know, doing a sport. I was dating. I was dealing with family things. And I ended up going to see a counselor for the first time And in honestly, in in the black community, um, going to therapy, going like dealing with mental health is just not a thing. It's, it's like, Oh yeah, that's just my crazy uncle. Or that's just, you know, you know, crazy, the crazy cousin down, down the street. And it's only now a days that it is, it is, it is being talked about, but I, I wanted to kind of circle back to the, the, since you've worked with students so much, how important do you think, um, you know, therapy, mental health uh, awareness is for specifically young adults?
2: Yeah, Conrad, you, you, you made some really good points. And again, I think it's, it's why I've always found the marriage between student affairs from an administrative standpoint and clinical skills from a helping standpoint merge beautifully. Um, there are a lot of great student affairs preparation programs out there. there. There are, but very few really have a dedicated focus on what it means to actually meet students where they're at when they have moments of crises, and I tell our students all the time, uh, let's say that you're working in career or academic advising or the writing center, whatever it might be, Um, but there's a particular purpose, there's a particular reason that they're coming to see you. Well, student crises just don't stop when they get to the door. Mm -hmm. You need to be prepared when you look at them and say, how are you today? And they're, and they tell you, and they're not okay, you need to have the necessary skill sets to be able to sit in, the, in that messiness and to yeah. be able to honor um, kind of what they're, they're sharing with you. And so I think it's vitally important. We are seeing, um, and I see it as, as a positive, many more of our incoming students are already coming in having seen a, a therapist. So I think that there is yeah. value added. I think that, that doesn't necessarily mean that, that more individuals necessarily need help I think more individuals are simply seeking out help because there is a drop in the stigma. Mm. Many more individuals already coming in with a therapist. Many folks are coming in, um, medicated. And um, there are a lot of societal changes that that frontline student affairs professionals need to be ready to respond to. Technology um, is something that, that we're constantly having to catch up to. And figure out how is it impacting relationships, communication um, so on and so forth, so I, I think it's vitally important to be able to come in with a core foundation of those skills, but circling back to what you had mentioned too about like talking about the crazy uncle, um i don't think we do enough ju- uh, uh, enough due diligence to talk about cross cultural considerations when we 're mm. trying to honor. And, and, right, how do I, as, as a white male, in the power and privilege that I carry simply in my existence, right, and and the space that I take up, um, also recognize that other folks are the experts of their lived experience, and while I may think therapy and counseling is beneficial, and we know it's beneficial, but how do we also then honor wow,
0: yeah.
2: cult- cultural influences that yeah. That sure. it may not be as that's easy. So good. To just say, yeah, let's, yeah, go to a, go to a therapist, right? Yep. It's the best thing that could happen. Well, from a cultural standpoint, that that's not learned all the time. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's not that like, easy, and, and, that,
2: and that has to be honored, right? We have to at least sit and give that pause and give that its due diligence and its space.
1: Yeah. Um, speaking of the the cross cultural aspect, what was your time like in uh, Philadelphia compared to? Cumberland Valley
2: <laughs> <laughs> so um I don't know the stats but I think Philly is still the sixth largest city in the nation um so, you know, I, I grew up in a very, very small town, blue collar, coal mining town in the northeastern part of Pennsylvania, um, very white um, and very aging, right? So most individuals that get off the mountain rarely return to the mountain. So coming to Shippensburg, for me, Shippensburg is a very white, predominantly white institution. But for me, there was diversity in my life for the very first time. But after seven years of it, right, and moving to Philadelphia, I mean, imagine that culture.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: And so so I worked um, not only in a variety of institutions, but I worked in some institutions where where they may not have been identified as historically Black colleges or universities, known as HBCUs. um, But um, I worked at a university that that would be considered a PBI, a predominantly Black institution, um, and that was the Community College of Philadelphia, Um, And so, so, you know, while I was still in a position of power, and I was still providing services, many of the folks that I was servicing didn't look like me. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and not only were they different from a racial and perhaps ethnic makeup, but they were a different type of student that, that I was serving, meaning many of them had families, many of them had children, many of them had full time jobs, and that was not something that I was used to coming from um, an institution that would serve the traditional age population that would leave home, move into a residence hall, have that traditional college experience—that's just not what CCP provided. Um, so, so yeah, I think I think if anything, um, it it was a humbling experience because it reminded me of how beautifully complex the world is and yeah. and the that we serve and um, and that that you know I. I think higher education needs to be a public good, but that's probably for a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, right. But yeah, I mean, I mean, my experiences at the different institutions in Philadelphia really solidified that for me.
1: That that's so good. Um, I know we're nearing the end of our time. Uh, one last question for you: How have you seen therapy help your clients become authentically themselves?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when I don't, I, I don't want to start off by saying when therapy works. Right. So I just put that out there. So I guess I did say it, but let me, let me say it <laughs> differently. Um, I think teaching counselor education, supervision and therapy, um, clinical therapy, there are a lot of things, what I would call a parallel process. Um, and so whether it is educating emerging practitioners or providing supervision for pre-licensed therapists or providing the actual therapy to clients, um, it's a journey. And I think through that journey, how I see it help people is, is the difference between fishing for individuals or teaching oneself to fish.
1: Mm, and that's I, th- good.
2: I think our job is to really teach people how to fish, meaning that, that if you create a brave space, if you create a place where individuals can be vulnerable, where they are authentically themselves, and um, you're able to focus on things like um, increasing self-esteem, their self-efficacy, and their belief in their ability to do something, um, you're not only working with folks to handle the, the presenting crisis, but they're mm-hmm. learning all of these skills that they can internalize. They, they then take with them to make them stronger, mm-hmm. um, more informed, right? Have a, have a healthier, positive outlook on life. So that the goal in therapy is to, is to terminate therapy when you've met those goals. So the, the journey is meant to be a finite experience. And I think that's what's most rewarding when individuals, they look at mm-hmm. you And they're like, I think I'm good for right now. And it's often the for right now that I think people are like, but if I need you, Mm. and I know know you're there. And circled back, I've seen several therapists in my lifetime and I've circled back to my most recent therapist. I think it would be my fourth time now if I were to call that person and ask for an appointment where I would, where I would, start and then stop out and then start and then stop out. Um, because when you feel like you've, you've met your goal and you're at a place where you're better regulated and you feel more empowered, yeah. right. The, the work is done for the time being. Yeah. Um, and so that's, what's so beautiful when you get to see people, they may not always see the growth and the empowerment throughout the journey, but you do. And, mm-hmm. and you see them struggle mm-hmm. and you see them sit in the messiness um, and you're there with them and they know, that you're there with them and through it they come out stronger and and healthier on the other side
0: yeah so b- before we uh transition into our, our our final segment here um so how can we, how can so imagine a, a family like you're a family member of a person maybe going through a crisis or a person that um it, it, it's pretty serious, right? How, how do you, how, this is a twofold question. How can, a, how should a family member respond in a situation like that? And then also how can a family member be supportive in throughout the process? Cause, cause like you said, it is a process. You, you've circled back multiple times. So how can a family member or a friend, um, one respond and be supportive in the high moment and then also through the process.
2: Okay, yeah. So I wanna picture maybe someone is in crisis, right? I mean, someone is at a really low point where, where, where they, they, are, they are at a place where, where um, they're seeking help. I think as a family member, recognizing that um, at that moment, it's not about you. Mm. It's, about, it's about them. And so trying to maintain, right, keeping keeping their eye on the proverbial ball, right, and, and focusing on, on what might be best for them, and maybe asking two questions. What do you need, and how can we best help, or how can mm. we best support? And that may mean encouraging and saying, look, there are people that are trained to be able Create a space to be able to process these things, and you know what? Having a, a third neutral party to be able to talk about things, we may find out that as family or as friends, um, we're not as healthy as we may think, and it will allow you to process and talk um, and and move through that that in a way that will give you greater clarity than talking to a family member or a friend ever will. Um, you know, it's the difference between being friendly as being a friend. Um, mm. You know, I want to be able to dedicate 50 minutes or 60 minutes um, where I am solely and wholly focused on that individual. And I want us to be able to do really good, um, thoughtful, exhaustive work. And hopefully they leave that space um, and they take all their stuff with them. Maybe they throw some things out, but but the therapist doesn't hold it. But they mm. take stuff with them and maybe they're a little lighter or it's a little bit more um, organized in what they're carrying. And that's what therapy I think allows. So if you are are, are a family member or a friend and you're feeling helpless in that moment, the best way that you can help is encouraging them to talk to someone with the training um, to be able to help help sit with that stuff. You know, therapists or licensed marriage and family therapists, counselors, social workers, um, we go through rigorous training. Um, mm. There is ongoing professional development, um, and it doesn't always mean that there are great ones out there, or the first person you find is going to be a match. Um, you know, just like in any profession, there's a lot of people that pick up bad habits or get a little sloppy. But all in all, um, I would I would highly encourage entrusting individuals to go talk to a trained therapist than than relying on a yeah. friend or Google, or Google, or, yeah. or, or, WebMD, right, or, yeah. or Wikipedia. And look, there's, there's, there's nothing inherently wrong with any of those things. But, mm. um, you know, sitting with someone that can a, a human being, whether that's virtual, or face to face in a in a in a traditional office. Um, yeah. yeah, there's something really empowering and special of building that therapeutic relationship
0: that was, that was so good i i think the main thing you you said that i think we can all go away with is that these licensed therapists go through rigorous training yes. like think think about doctors think about lawyers think about people in fitness like there's training to be the professional in your field so go to these professional people that are experts in their job so when you when you're in these situations i I love i love that you said that you know yeah
2: i mean conroy look i mean if if i was having heart palpitations i would probably first go to my family maybe (laughs) if someone's in the area and i would be like oh you know my my heart hurts or my heart's racing i go i go to a a medical doctor yeah
1: right yep a cardiologist and no one would think you were crazy Right. Right.
2: If anything, they would be like good for you for getting off your butt and actually doing something about it, Um, you know, because I think I think that's a whole other podcast as well about men kind of ignoring pain and actually acknowledging it. But Yeah, my family would say thank you for being proactive and doing something about it. And I don't know why it's it's hard and I just want us to to break that stigma and just celebrate, right? If someone is struggling with something and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm foggy, right? Or I'm feeling off balance or I just can't get a handle on these things. You know, replace the cardiologist with the word therapist. Wow. And go,
0: talk, yeah, that's and go good. And talk, go and talk it, to a
2: professional. Because it is,
0: it is a heart because it is affecting your heart. You know, mm-hmm. and, there, and, and there's science behind it. I'm in the fitness world and there's science behind it that like when, when you're stressed out, when things are not, Balanced, it's also going to affect you physically, which essentially does is going to affect your heart and your like. There's so much. Oh, this has been so good. Yeah, right.
2: 100, Conroy. Right. I mean, yes. there's there is so much that we can unpack about um mental wellness and athletes, mental wellness and mental wellness and college athletes stigma around around mental health and gender. I mean, there's 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 a lot that can be unpacked and it's and yeah. it's nuanced. But you know, the message is. Um, if you are not the one in crisis or if you're not the one that needs that help um, be a be an advocate of advocate. of of you know therapy and therapeutic approaches and if you are someone in need, regardless of of if you think it's not a big deal or it's a tremendous crisis moment, um, there are people out there that that can help yeah.
0: Thank you so much for that. Hey, we're going to transition into our um, final segment. It's called rapid fire. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom.
1: Um,
0: in this rapid fire, we're just going to ask you some questions and we want you to give your initial, your initial thoughts. Okay. No, okay, no, I'm thinking ready. About, no contemplating. I no, just, I
2: just, I just got anxious all of a sudden. But <laughs> I'm sounds
0: right, I'm good. Here we Let's go. go. <laughs> no phone in the friend. Okay. First one. Uh, what was the last thing you apologized for?
2: Holy cow! Um, uh, um, double book, double booking myself for an appointment immediately before this, this, uh, this podcast.
1: <laughs> awesome. Um, what has been the favorite place you've traveled to?
2: Oh, so I'm a a big uh, Disney fan. Um, So most things Disney, but most recently I had the opportunity to go to Hawaii, the big island in January. And it's, it's stunning and absolutely gorgeous. Wait,
0: are you saying there's a Disney in Hawaii?
2: Uh, There is a Disney. So there's a Disney resort. I did not go to it it, it. on one of the
0: islands. So I was like, I haven't heard about that yet. Yeah, (laughs) technically, yes. (laughs) and then what is one thing and this is our final question what is one thing on your bucket list or the first thing that comes to mind on your bucket list
2: oh wow um that that i that i i mean i've been i've been really blessed and really fortunate um I think, I, I think conti- it, it, may, it may sound a little che- cheesy and maybe a cop-out, but um, continuing to do things more family-focused. Um, you know, uh, people, you know, life isn't getting any shorter and, and people are getting older as, as we speak. So I think building those relationships and those memories, right, less stuff and, and more memories. So wow. that's, that's on my bucket list.
1: Wow yeah that's so good dr so Shub, i just i want to say thank you uh this time has been uh really phenomenal you dropped some really good wisdom and gems um please tell our listeners where they can find you reach out uh anything like that
2: yeah uh fantastic so i am, well one let me thank both of you i it's a it's been an honor and a privilege and i I really enjoyed my time. Um, so uh, if you honestly, if you Google my, my, my name, um, I think I'm the only Matthew shop that, that comes up uh, or anywhere related to Shippensburg University. Um, mm-hmm. I am on Facebook um, and I'm not really on any other uh, social interwebs per se. <laughs> um, maybe I'm showing my age and my generational gap. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you look me up on Facebook or, or folks email me at MR. Shop at ship.edu um i'm i'm pretty good at getting back to people so i would be happy to continue the dialogue and um and uh you know interfacing with folks that want to know a little bit more about mental health and wellness
1: awesome well thanks again so much for your time thank you uh, thank you listeners for uh tuning in and we'll uh, talk to you next week Ooh wee, sheesh! But so that was
0: another, another one, another one. That's all we gotta say. No, it was, it was so, it was so good. Um, I learned so much. I know, I know, you have him as a professor, you know, but just, just to hear so much about his journey. Um, through mental health, and then now he is an educator with it. I think that is, it's like a full circle moment. Yeah, I, I found it so, uh,
1: so interesting when he talked about the, the difference of going from Cumberland Valley um, in his career, then transitioning to Philadelphia, and just kind of that culture shock because, yeah. As you and I know Cumberland Valley and Philadelphia are not night and So it it was just cool to like have him um, kind of flesh that out, and it makes more sense of like why he understands so much of the minority experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's just a phenomenal uh, professor and. I feel honored to even be um be learning under this guy. What about you?
0: What what jumped out for you? I, th- I think pretty much what he said towards the end about how, um, you know, I've I've experienced crisis. I've I've, I've you know most recently have had family members in, in crisis. I, I think one of the gems that we can all leave with what is to refer. And uh, be an advocate for mental health professionals who have gone through training, who have gone through schooling or license to do this job, because they are the ones that can help. And I know, you know, at least for me, being being a, a, a one that wants to help, wants to fix things. Sometimes our job is just to ab- to be an advocate and to 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 recommend, hey, let's let's get some help. And kind of walk the journey um, that way. So that that was really cool. Yeah, and and
1: I've seen going, going, um, going in that same direction. Like something that Doctor Shep says. You know, almost every class is that our clients are the experts of their lived experience. Yeah, I I think just people in crisis by allowing them to know you're the expert of this experience. Tell me what's hitting you. It's just really good. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, y'all, this has been an awesome, awesome, uh, another podcast that we get the opportunity to have a great guest. But you guys know the next segment The one you've been all waiting for, the segment of all segments. It is the.
2: (laughs) Friendship
0: quiz. Friendship quiz. And currently, I will say, um, Tony is not doing well. He's not doing well when it comes to to this friendship. Bruh, I'm trying, man. (laughs) The struggle is real. Come on, (laughs) bruh. All right, Tony. I'm ready. I'm ready for whatever you got, because I'm I clearly am the better friend. Hopefully, that stays true. (laughs) I doubt it. (laughs) What is my favorite type of food? Oh, easy, easy. (sighs) That's that's. I mean, come on. You should. You should like. Okay, are we talking like, like genres? Like, Like bro, are you stalling? Are we talking about like genres? Like Italian, or are we talking like breakfast. or What are we? What are we We're talking? What is my specific favorite type of food? Like your your meal, or like in, like I need a little bit more context. No, I just need you to stop stalling <laughs> and <into> the question. <laughs> well, it's clearly not baby food. Duh, everybody knows that one. Um, Tony's favorite. Oh, easy.
1: Answer the question. What it's a specific, t- no, specific
0: type of food? Pasta.
1: You were wrong. What you mean? I love my pizza, bruh. Come but, on. Pe-
0: Italian, I was right. No, no, what I meant to say was pizza, and then also with your pizza, you like uh, spaghetti.
1: And what I mean this is, you got that question wrong. Try to <laughs> get this
0: um, as you guys can see, we are great friends. Um, so thank you guys all for tuning in to Authentically Us, the podcast where you can be authentically you. And we're going to just dive into what it means to be authentically us in every aspect of our lives. So keep, keep tuning in. Um, keep being authentically you. And Tony, tell them, let them know how they can continue to support us, continue to follow us. Us like, subscribe, share,
1: yeah, share, send it to your mama, send to your pops, send
0: it wherever, just send it, especially this last one. A send to your ex, send it to your ex, and don't say nothing else. (laughs) And just find a therapist, yeah, yeah. If you didn't learn anything else about today's podcast, uh, for real, find a therapist, um, talk about things just get help. Help is help is always, always great. We're better together. So, um, we love you guys. Keep tuning in again. Remember to be authentically you in every aspect of your life. So next time.